0: That'll do. So we're rolling. Whenever, you, whenever you want to start, Mr. Joe Jacobson.
1: This is, uh, this is your uh, college thesis, is that what
0: we're doing? Yes, or I need, an yeah, I need your help. My college thesis. No well, it's, it's one of those dreams where you, you've been graduated, but yet uh, you wake up and you still have, you feel like you got homework you got to turn in. You
1: do. Yeah. As a of fact, it never stops. Um, homework, ne- homework never ceases. Then, so you call this meeting? What are we doing?
0: Just talking, man. Just having a conversation. About? You. About me? Yeah, about you. I want to know how you got into music.
1: Um. Yeah, I kind of fell into it, really.
0: How'd you, how did you fall into it?
1: Well, it kind of started when uh, my sister Susan... Was taking a piano lesson, and uh, uh, as a young boy, I don't know. She was probably she was four years older than me, so maybe she was nine and I was five. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took a lesson, and then uh, I could cure it and just go in and play it. Of course, it wasn't anything complex and so on and so on. But yeah, I mean, I actually uh, would spend. Hours, um, you know, when I got a little older, tooling with the little radio and pick up big band. Mm -hmm. Um, I always had big band in my head. Should have actually pursued music, but I didn't.
0: That's that's interesting because you're so good at it. So, how, why, why why didn't I? Yeah.
2: Um,
1: Different teachers tried teaching me when I was young, and uh, my ear would take over too fast. So uh, discerning going north and south with notes mm-hmm. versus east and west with a, with a piano, you know, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the teachers at that time were um, you know, older ladies mm-hmm. you who know, we were used to teaching children you know, the fundamentals and expecting the children to learn the lesson and come back in the next day. But I would play the lesson one time and now I wouldn't need the music anymore. Ah, oh, I see. So, I never progressed, in you know, so my ear was always a, a good thing and a bad thing. It always, you know, I struggled with it. Um, you know, in the, excuse me, in my teen years, I didn't really play that much. I mean, I always was, my parents had a, um, a spinet, more or less, I guess was what you would call it. You know, a full-size upright is this, and then a spinach about this tall, uh, just because of the size of the uh, uh, the soundboard that's on it. And it was a Deccan Sons, I think, was the name of it. Uh, really nice, um, but it was it was kind of a thin, you know, sound piano. Uh, my mother's sister had a uh, an Aero Sonic, which was made by Baldwin. I used to love going over there and playing their black Baldwin. But I always play by ear. Um,
0: Do you have perfect pitch?
1: Oh no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Relative pitch, for the most part. Yeah. I still don't. I mean, I still have to stop and go. Okay, now wait a minute. Where are we? Um, But yeah, uh, you know. So there wasn't really a lot of music around me. My nobody in my family played. Uh, and nobody in my family studied and nobody in my family would buy or, or you know, hey, listen to this. You know That, mm-hmm. that didn't happen until um, my uh, teen years. I was uh, um, listening to Georgia Tech radio and on the radio came uh, uh, this song that just captivated me and then it was over, the typical Georgia Tech uh, student. DJ at the time, you know, very stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, that was part of the Sunrise by Yes on the album Fragile. So I got on my bicycle, I can't remember, maybe I was 13, and I rode to Buckhead, I lived in Atlanta at the time.
0: Now you're from Georgia?
1: I'm from Atlanta. Okay. So I, I drove up to Buckhead, and they had a little uh, you know, hippie little store in Buckhead that had uh, you know, cassettes. Mm-hmm. You know, Ground the ceiling, and uh, plunked down whatever it was, you know, the six or seven bucks. I don't even think it was that much, and got the little cassette, went home, had one of those old Panasonic's with the flop down cassette deck and the you know detached speakers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, sat and listened to the whole the whole thing, and uh, from there I got into uh, you know. I wasn't a big Genesis guy, but Yes, I liked Yes. The first couple albums, Yes songs, I think I was about it. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of rock, you know. Um, Almond Brothers to some degree, you know, that was the roots of Macon and so forth, they were mm-hmm. around, but didn't really start going to concerts until, um, you know, I could drive. Mm-hmm. And I think the first concert I ever went to was, at uh, the old uh, municipal auditorium. Hey, Jackson. Yeah, uh, Jack. At the municipal auditorium, uh, I think Humble Pie was having their, uh, 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 you know, final tour for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's their final tour again. Again. Okay. Yeah. It's a gimmick. Um, and then, so then, uh, going to live music was the thing. You know, now oh. I wasn't old enough to go to bars, so you know, when a when a concert came to town. We would plunk our, you know, six seven dollars, and it wouldn't be more expensive than that. Mm -hmm. And you go see whatever you can go see. Um, I saw yes in the Georgia Dome, the little basketball arena, which is still there, the Alexander Memorial Coliseum is what it's called. I don't know what it's called now. But little little intimate little dome, and I was you know here to there staring at Wakeman, and then I'd walk over and watch you know Howell play, and you know, and of course John Anderson and you know. Mm so forth, and they would play. Um, well, who else, uh, Led Zeppelin, I saw them. Uh, one of my favorite shows that there was ever was at the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, which is now since gone. There was uh, uh, Black Oak, Arkansas opened, and uh, they were fronting um, uh, Grand Funk Railroad with okay. Mark Farmer, and so Farmer comes out with foot stomping music, you know, and he's bouncing around with no shirt, and and the, the fringe boots and mm-hmm. the leather pants and you know playing the organ and the guitar. You know I mean, he was a little short guy, you know, uh, but he bounced around and uh, you know, come on everybody, we want to have a good time. You know, it's just just lighting up the crowd. And that mm-hmm. was that was kind of my Jackie Wilson moment. You know? Okay. So the, uh, Michael Jackson always talks about you know Jackie Wilson is when he saw him perform live. He said that's that was that's who I want to be. So that was kind of neat for me but i wasn't a guitar player so you know i had to like follow keyboard players mm-hmm. so chick korea oh yeah know, you started getting a return to forever and then uh, Stanley clark yeah um well there we go so i when i graduated high school i played in a couple little small little pickup bands and were, we were really good and um i would went. i remember going up to what was called rhythm city in Buckhead. and
0: plunk- a music center?
1: Yeah, it was like a little music center. Okay. And uh, plunked down uh, a chunk of change and bought a uh, uh, Rode 73 and loved it and kept it forever. Uh, it, was, it was here when I moved here but I went through two floods and I finally just gave it away because it was, wasn't repairable. Uh, that uh, Roland jazz Course mm-hmm. uh, was the amp, 1980-whatever. 1980 probably. That, that thing's old. Been around forever.
0: Really? Now how many times have you had to replace the speakers on it? Uh, never. Never?
1: Same original speakers? Wow. Since, uh, well, that's not true. I think I have replaced them. I think I have. Uh, uh, not because of uh, uh, they wore out. I think it was because of the flood.
0: 2015 flood? or?
1: Uh, no, there were several of them. Before. 2011 was a big one. Okay. Uh, 15 flood was the largest, 42 inches in the other ones were just as substantial.
0: Was it at the warehouse? Yeah, uh, yeah. that was
1: before that they had fixed the, the, the flood zone and so forth. But uh, I remember going to, when I graduated high school, I went to University of Georgia for just just for one year. And I lived in Meyers' dorm, and I was playing some Korea. And all of a sudden I got this knock on the door and opened the door, and it was a little short fellow, looked like Cousin It. He had hair down to yay, mm-hmm. yay and under his arm was a stack of albums. And he was like, "Have you ever heard of Charlie Parker? No. no. Have you ever heard of Oscar Peterson? No. Have you ever heard of Duke Ellington and jazz and all these cats? I don't know any of these people. And we would play out. We would play music forever, and that was sort of that whole dorm was nothing but you know nerd music heads. That's awesome. And it was, it was fantastic. So we all we did was you know analyze and read and so forth and so on. You know, I've obviously still got a bunch of those albums." And uh, the guy's name uh, was
2: Ify Tunkel,
1: and he and I are still friends today, but he lives in Michigan. He's a you know, very bright guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's married to a, a, a gal from the university and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, his dad, it was a sad story, his dad was an audiophile. He used to uh, record reel-to-reel, uh, hours and hours of NPR, mm-hmm. well, uh, whatever it was called back then, of uh, public radio broadcasts of, of uh, classic jazz. So he had hours of, I remember walking, and he, he wanted me to come to his dad's house. His father had passed, and it was his mother was sort of off the deep end. And it was really, you know, where he was landing, you know, when you mm-hmm. went to visit Evie, And, and uh, I remember Lively Ridge Road, you know, a little sad little house. And his dad had built the speakers into the stairwell that ran behind the, the stereo to give it a little more resonance. But uh, I walked in, and there was this this weird, you know, theme, sound coming. And couldn't tell what it was, and I turned to uh, Efi, and I said, what kind of instrument is that? And he goes, that's Ella Fitzgerald. And she was scatting at the time, oh. and she was right in the middle of me. I had never heard it, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I was mm-hmm. hooked on that. Hooked on that, huh? So there was, and then mounds of music. I mean, uh, years later, when his sh- sh- mother died and the house was in shambles. If was able to commandeer uh, every reel-to-reel that they had and he brought them to me and a majority of them were molded. And so uh, I literally would sit there at the television and clean them. You know, just to, you know, go through them and mm-hmm. salvage them hours and hours. Transferred a lot of a cassette. Ended up giving them back to what I would sit there and listen to for hours. We made friends for years talking about music. Still can. Uh, he, he liked to pick it Picking apart to the depth, yeah. It was never me. I, I just, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of got into. Uh, I mean, I love Coltrane. It was great. Miles Davis was great. You know, great players. But I was more partial to uh, the Pharaoh Sanders of the world, uh, mainly because they were outside the realm of, uh, you know, trying to traditionally play the chart. Yeah, you know, just like I like Bologna's Monk, he was, he was off, you just off. No, I wouldn't say I would. I'm a big fan of Sun Ra. Some of the stuff Sun Ra does is a little like, you know, what were you thinking at the time? It's like Frank Zappa. I love Zappa, mm-hmm. but the silliness. You know, after a while, it's like it's enough already.
3: Oh. You know,
1: let's hear you jam. You know, I'm, I'm here to hear. You know, Willie the Pimp and and you guys. You know, now you know, let's play some music. Yeah. You know, um, I did get to see Zappa also at Municipal Auditorium. With uh, Napoleon Murphy Brock and George Duke um, and The Underwoods, uh, it was insane. Uh, they covered Roxy and elsewhere at the time. Mm-hmm. So, *Penguin in and Bondage* and, and uh, he did a couple other things. It was just over the top, you know. Uh, but live, he wasn't as you know silly and stupid. Because my friends, they all they would do was sit in the basement. And, uh, um, partake and, mm-hmm. and listen to and listen to <laughs> uh-huh. uh, uh, some of the crazy and you know, they would just worship Zappa you know to everything that come out of his mouth they can like repeat the words and they're like hey man what do you think and I'm like oh, I don't you know, yeah. it's like play some music
0: you know, you know now, dealing with jazz dog I've heard you mention Pharaoh Sanders and I didn't wasn't really into that before I met you mm-hmm. is that I mean it's obviously influenced your writing style.
1: Well, I mean, or, or is that just that project? I mean, what happened with Jazz Dog was uh, I was watching the, uh, the Dick Moon and everybody at the uh, 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 the Grateful Dead mm-hmm. uh, day. What is that Jerry Fest? Mm-hmm. At five points, but, you know, I played Jerry Fest on and off. Mm-hmm. You know. um, I was usually a uh, an invitee. Uh, typically, with Vince Kirby's Alien Carnival, I, I would sit and play keys for that, which was always fun. But uh, I was watching Dick Moon's Cold Troop go, you know, and they got that groove going and so forth, you know. You know. And uh, I, I'm just sitting there going, man, that thing needs, needs a little upright bass, you know. It needs a so that's kind of me. This
0: is how he explains the parts, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm, hearing, yeah. the, I'm hearing the percussion co- components, and then I hear the upright bass mm-hmm. components. There is an album called uh, um, <clears throat> Live in Egypt, uh, Ferris Sanders, and there's an, a song in there called Healing Song. And if you ever pull it up on YouTube, it'll take a little listening, to, because... You know it's it's a it's an acquired taste, but uh, you know he opens up with uh, you know and he's with his orange juice tone and they go you know forever and it finally gets down to this groove which is just a boom 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 Boom, 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 boom. and then there's another upright bass player on top of it going and that's Stanley Clark so Stanley Clark and Cecil McVee mm-hmm. are on this doing this duet together and, and of course you wouldn't know it until you really pick up the album and you're reading it you know Stanley Clark and Cecil what? No, you know,
0: two bass players
1: two bass players and they're covering this thing and they're killing it you know so to me that was sort of like Bass mm-hmm. was always a fundamental thing that sort of drives a lot of my music. A lot of things that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, there's always this percussive piece that I'm trying to, to you know, uh, uh, entice people to pay attention to, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, then a low end that, that sort of ties it together, and then all the other pieces just kind of float uh, float on top. Yep. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, for instance, for uh, next Tuesday, um, we're literally going to start off with just, you know, a a D minor. It's actually uh, a, you're playing a D minor chord with a C major chord on top, so it's really a a D minor 11. This um, is really what you're playing, and that chord is just going to be a string hold, and in the, in the, um, the percussion is just going to be doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm looking for the bass player, and then just, which at that point, just come in with, and I'll show it to you later, uh, just comes in with uh, uh, playing, uh, just one little, you know, just kind of dancing around, just dancing around, and really, you know, it's kind of real simple, mm-hmm. dancing around, I don't want anybody else playing, just just let that, let that drone continue, and so forth and so on, and it builds, This is the this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build it slowly. I don't want to just drop into playing chords. You know, yeah, it's real simple. Just keep the idea is to create um, a vibe, an energy. That's that's sort of where, as I play more, especially with these guys, it's
0: which I'm also one of the guys.
1: (laughs) The 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 focus is to. Create energy. Yeah, I mean, that's what music is to me. It's not necessarily trying to get through the composition,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know, or work out. You know, I mean, yeah, it's great to do particular competition compositions depending on uh, what the show is. Yeah, you know, I've done uh, shows where you where you. It'd be great to have complex horn parts and so forth and so on. Then there's plenty of bands that are. We were laughing at it the other day. That every touring band today. You know, has the uh, uh, the drummer, the percussionist, the bass player, the, you know, the guitar player, the keyboards, and the three horns. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have a Barry Sax guy. They always all have a trumpet. They all have a trombone. You know, so every touring touring band, you name one, they're out there. You know, all mm-hmm. the jam bands that are out there, they're all the same. You know, which is great. Trey Band is is everybody's trying to be Trey Band. You know, he's the leader.
0: That's Anastasio.
1: Uh, Trane and yeah. And of course, they were—they're more or less mimicking, you know, what they were listening to back in the day. Tower of Power, mm-hmm. you know, and who's mimicking who they were listening to back in the day? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Count Basie, Duke Ellington. You know, those are those were the base. Those were the Grateful Dead's, you know, of the '30s. You know, in the '40s, that's that's those were the guys. You know, um, if you go back to the '20s and you look how. Uh, Musicians, if you ever read books like uh, Jay McShann and, of course, Parker was uh, kind of an anomaly, but uh, uh, Armstrong, Mm -hmm. um, uh, any of those guys, uh, mostly in the, uh, complete, there's a completely different separation between what the white cats were doing and what the black cats were doing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for obvious reasons. And then they blended over time. There were players like Charlie Christian who sort of, he and Benny Goodman started to create uh, sort of the crossovers and so forth, and that's what you really learn by listening and reading and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Kind of gives you a little flavor. And of course, if you were living in those areas and you were able to get to Kansas City or you were able to get to Chicago or, of course, New York, you know, you were able to experience you know those things that you wouldn't find living in the South mm-hmm. or Texas, you know, or Florida or whatever. You know, you would have to be up in the area live <laughs> they were run out mm-hmm. you know, Cali probably had quite a few you know the California scene but uh, the jazz scene in itself was Kansas City Chicago New York
0: uh, oh, along the Mississippi right
1: well m- more or less in the north and you know that's mm-hmm. the Great Lakes and so forth in mm-hmm. the Ohio River but yeah but, um, so you know that's kind of where uh, uh, I mean I, I I see where all these you know, horns and bands and so, forth mm-hmm. and so on, and I've played a lot of fish bands, you know, mm-hmm. and I've played in a lot of Almond Brother cover bands, and and uh, you know, it's it, it's to to get my music on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to stop for a minute and just say, okay, here's a lot of so-called um, ideas. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to organize them, yeah. uh, uh, how would I do it?
2: You know.
1: So when you got hold of one of these uh, workstations, these keyboards that allow you to to layer, mm-hmm. you know, that was uh, you know, that was that just made it some simple for me. Prior to that, I had uh, software. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, way before there was uh, uh, Pro Tools or GarageBand. Cakewalk walk or any of those things. We had Master Tracks Pro, and it was just a two-input MIDI. You know, when it first came out, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking. You know, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a laptop either. <laughs> they didn't have laptops back when I first started doing this. You know, yeah. so you could, but you could layer. You know, uh, you could you could actually create songs, and then you could layer. It was on a loop. You know, so you could build
0: did it use tape at all or is it just that was right the computer, computer. You,
1: could, you could build a loop uh 16 track um it didn't allow you to build parts you know you sort mm-hmm. of had to either do it as a loop or do it as a continuous out to what was the number 227 total frames you know,
2: gotcha. um, um,
1: or measures uh, it's about all it's, i think that was the number whatever anyways, but when you got hold of, when you got hold of a workstation, um, you were able to do it internally in the keyboard itself. Mm-hmm. And the motif allows you to create uh, um, um, uh, patterns within the, uh, you know, uh, 16 different patterns with 16 different voices on each pattern. So if you use up all the memory, then of course it would, you know, degrade. and I never did. All I ever do is typically I would go in and I would find normally i would find a drum beat you know it has hundreds of drum beats and you'd find something you know uh, close just something i like and then you pick a tempo you know you took a samba you know you know you you see me do that a lot you know Mm -hmm. pull up the samba pick a tempo you know and then i would pick a bass tune you know a bass tone Mm -hmm. and then i would lay down four measures put it in a loop and then move and pick a keyboard and now i'm jamming in about 2.2 2.2 seconds, Yep. and so then if you want to grow it, then you would just go from section A, and you would choose section B, and you could then go and take over from A to B, mm-hmm. and then add to it and keep going you know, as far as you want. And then if you like what you did, you could go into what's called song mode, and you could actually chain these parts any way you wanted to do it. And I never did that, because it was really just for me to, you know, uh, more or less jam on mm-hmm. and then if I would invite friends over hey you want to jam on this you know that's kind of how that all started and so I, I you know you save them to a little flash drive and I probably got six or seven of those around and there's probably a hundred tunes of which all of those hundred I can't remember them and I just every once in a while I'll run in and, and start monkeying with one and save it mm-hmm. yeah you know, I think we have a total of maybe 15 that we've touched on I think so. Jazz dog.
0: But we, the, from what it sounds like, is we haven't even really scratched the surface.
1: Not really, <laughs> but uh, not exactly for what I want to do. You know, I mean, it's not a vocation. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, my vocation is slinging a hammer. Yeah. Um, uh, which is very odd right now.
0: I bet. How's that go? <laughs> yeah. The, That's a whole another
1: Well, materials are through the roof, and you know, jobs are not like they used to be, where the phone just kept ringing. Um, so anyway, so there's that.
0: Um, do you think that'll, you know, everyone's talking about how all this will end as soon as they get the re- the results oh, from the election? Know. Oh well. well and
1: elections aren't going to really have that much to do in uh, my particular business. You know, uh, people are either going to remodel their bathroom or I mean, they're not going to remodel their bathroom. But they don't, I don't think they care which president it is.
0: Yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. think they were. It was more about the COVID all going to be uh, well, over well
1: yeah I mean you know that's a shame because I mean it does exist and it is more prevalent in some of the other areas than it is in uh, um, I guess down here in, in good old Columbia USA
0: I always feel like it's always on the rise here yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. again
1: I know that in uh, we've been a little bit lucky mm-hmm. um, but you know for everything that I breathe living in Savannah Climbing under houses, the amount of asbestos I probably inhaled—I'm surprised I'm still alive. You know, uh, I smoked for twenty-some odd years, thirty-some odd years. Uh, You know, I've been smoke-free for over ten now. Um, um, Not—I don't really for twenty that much anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drinking more than I should, (laughs) but uh, yeah, who knows. So, but as far as, you know, the the music for me, um, it's really gotten fun now, you know, it's kind of one of the first real my bands that I've put together. Now, I've tried this music with other players, Mm -hmm. um, I think there was an upright guy, I can't remember his name, who came in and we played and toyed around, but he was too pro, you know, Mm -hmm. he, that's what he did for a living. You know, I laugh when I see all the pro jazz cats coming in and out of the warehouse. I said, "All oh, those guys would play with me anytime for 100 bucks an hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, per man. Yeah. yeah. Sure, of course they will. But, you know, um, but, uh, you know I, I'm not itching to go run into the studio and lay down my tracks by and hire uh, a Reggie Sullivan or a Jonathan Lovett or, you know, or even a Nick Brewer. Mm-hmm. You know, Dick actually used to laugh every time I would play Miles. You know, he would "You playing that damn song again? Yeah.
3: You
1: know. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, you know, I don't have the skill set. You know, that's my joke with those guys, is every time I see them play, I want to go on and cry. Because you know. <laughs> their skill set is so large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the things that they can do, they see way beyond anything I'll ever see. You know. But that's all right. I enjoy it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, those, they're all nice at least yeah so that's, that's
1: right so that's it that's kind of what what jazz dog is it's, it's just sort of an, an energy experience um, you know uh, in fact I was just listening to Thimby, of Sanders on the way up here and uh, one day Antron showed up with that straight sax and I've been wanting to play it ever since
2: Yeah.
0: Now how did, I mean obviously you've m- met everybody in Jazz Dog before they're in Jazz Dog. Like how did you meet Antron, like in CA two, like
1: what's he, uh that was just uh asking um I don't know if it was Mark Rapp or somebody. I just say I need a sax player who you suggest. And uh, um, I think the key was playing in their big, their big band. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, you know, hit up Antron. So I, you know, hi, my name is. And uh, he came and, and played and enjoyed it. Uh, but the first gig he couldn't do, so we uh, he brought in uh, Willie Driffin. Mm-hmm. And Willie had fun and he played. And then we had uh, originally we had Uri. Yep. Oh, and guitar. Uri was originally the fit. He was the guy that was like okay he's got the algemiola chops mm-hmm. you know he, he, he's classically trying and so forth and so on uh or he just didn't want to do it He's like ah, i don't really want to gig. sounds like we
0: him. did i think we did what one or two gigs with one him? gig with him yeah and
1: matter, matter of fact in new day, brooklyn the day of he didn't want to do it and I, I had to talk him into it i'm like, going um yeah um,
2: please come do it yeah
0: I forget about that version of this. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm Michael so used Canty, to the current.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: came from Dick Moon because originally I wanted to have Dick Moon and the guys actually uh, out front mm-hmm. playing in front of us, uh, and then we just sort of came in, you know, as a part of it, and it kind of worked. Um, but out of that collective of four or five of the Jinbei guys, you know, Michael Canty appeared. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first time we saw, I saw Michael play, I'm like, going, "Okay, we just need him."
0: Yep, he's got the right vibe.
1: So he's real sweet, and then mm-hmm. Michael's a good player. Got a new baby, and he's just a nice kid. Uh, does CAD work? I mean, you know. and Jackson I've known for a while uh, through several different projects,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and the whole crowd, the whole uh, crowd of people that we kind of shared. So he and I were always friends, and I leaned on him. Hey percussions can play. In fact, I just talked to him the other day. I said, "I, I want, I want a whole big giant rig, uh, even if you don't play it, just for show." You know? He said, like, "Oh, I'm going to bring this and I'm going to bring that." Yeah.
0: Is he coming? Oh,
1: yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. The one I can't carouse is CA two. Um, <laughs> I have. There was a, uh, um, a a little small mini backyard festival that uh, the guys that run the Marriott Theater. Mm-hmm. Keep Fest, John, Scott, and his wife Carrie put on. And one year I remember this guy on Flute, who was just phenomenal. And I said, Who is that? CA2. Oh, yeah, that guy. So, I mean, I was literally, it took me uh, probably, you know, a while going through Facebook.
2: What was his name? What was his name? I couldn't remember.
1: And I finally I remember where it was, and I called John, and uh, John says, Oh, that's CA2 i'm in Wasu. Like, him mm-hmm. so i literally uh, uh uh facebook messages the guy you know mm-hmm. and he said uh, i'd love to I'm like, come on down yeah so he was a treat and he's fun. he's he is he's a sweet guy and, and if you if you hang out with him downtown everybody knows him you know, you're on main street everybody wants to hang out with CA 2 I mean, he's just just I mean, grabbing
0: yeah i mean his depth of
1: a, yeah, he has a deep soul. Yeah, and, just uh, he's an artist uh,
0: through and through, and then like that to me, that was the amazing thing because you know I didn't know him before being in Jazz Dog, but I was like blown away that he's like you know, oh yeah, flutes like something I enjoy doing, but I'm an artist really, and like a real artist, like painting and you know, and an art teacher, and I was just kind of blown away because most people that play that well only do that thing.
1: You know, he loves it. He, uh, yeah, he, he kind of has his own little spiritual thing going. Um, Baku or Wakaku, or, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's an enlightenment thing, it works for him, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Uh, you can That's see right. it in, in his spirit, and in in he his definitely
0: mind. brings it to the stage, absolutely. So,
1: so, and then James, um, I've known James Urban for a long time.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. he I did actually know. did an interview with James uh, a couple weeks ago.
1: James, who uh, uh, obviously is an attorney and uh, a seasoned guitar player, been playing for years, comes from a musical family. They all play. Uh, Does his brother play? His sister is, uh, um, uh, uh, got several albums out, lives in Texas, uh, May, And then uh, of course, Dewey plays uh, harmonica, very talented. We've done a bunch of shows together. They're a lot of fun. Those two are a trip, uh, night and day, you know. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, they are definitely uh, frickin' frack.
0: They're twins, by the way.
1: They are. Yeah. And, uh, they are twins. James is the oldest <laughs> by well, a minute and a half or whatever it was. two yeah. Minutes, I don't know. But uh, they're they're good kids. They really are. Um, those are those are my brothers. Uh, so yeah. So uh, I, I said, James, come hit Jazz Dog because first of all, James. Had always been coming down and playing those tunes. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, you know, hey, let's jam, no problem, click. You know, yeah. we'd, we'd go for hours. Um, so, I mean, literally, we did the same, you know, loop for 20 minutes. You know, and both of us looking down and eventually look up and I would just go, okay, that's enough, stop. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, we've been doing it. We, we did it last night. Oh, really? Yeah, we were working on some stuff. And I said, hey, let's try this one out. And then then that's when I, on the cuff, said, well, what happened was two nights ago, I was at home, and I had put the stick in, and I was working the flash drive, and I was uh, working through redoing uh, uh, um, Come On Up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, rather than being B flat, I'm just going to move Come On Up to that D minor. Yeah. uh, so uh, yeah, so I, I did that and I wrote it. and I had it perfect, and I went to save it. And I, and instead of flipping over to load to save, it was on load. Oh no! And I went, dun, 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 dun. no, no! And I and I loaded the the program back up. I lost everything that I had. <laughs> so <laughs> last night, mm. last night I'm like going, all right, let me see if I can remember what I did, and I didn't. And so about. Uh, 2 this afternoon, uh, I had a lull before, I, before my 4, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I said, all right, I'll build it this way. And I did, and it works. Okay. And so, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll get close. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. well, how'd you meet uh, John?
1: John came from uh, Jackson. Uh, okay. Jackson, uh, uh, New Stokes, uh, either they worked together or something like that so stokes originally it wasn't john originally it was uh, uh clyde frazier mm-hmm. and um uh, before clyde it was supposed to have been roderick Yep, and Roder- i think i remember roderick had committed to doing it
0: one rehearsal with him actually and
1: roderick yeah. uh, uh sweet as he can be he's just very busy and so is clyde and uh, you know clyde's, clyde's a busy player and um you know john you know kind of fit Mm-hmm. I like to push them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was looking for. I was looking for... I'm not necessarily trying to be a Latin band, even though there's a lot of Latin <laughs> there's influence, a lot, yeah. a lot of Latin influence yeah. in what I'm doing. And kind of that's sort of uh, by default, really, because a lot of the grooves, mm-hmm. you know, the simple grooves uh, in the motif... Yeah, the, the percussion grooves that are that are pre-built in the motif you know the the uh, they're the smoothest they're not necessarily the actual groove I would like yeah but the the the, the tone of, uh, of, of the selection of how they build that is it's not so in your face it's a little bit more of just like a click track mm-hmm. so this kind of like gives you the feel not necessarily I want to play that yeah yeah. And everybody always interprets this is what I've been trying to express to jazz dog these are just canvases this is I'm not trying to get you to play exactly that you know even like like when I
0: when he says jazz Dog, he's really just talking about me right now because I'm like that's what is that doing what is that doing no no no
1: no. same thing with antron when I showed antron to play that lick you know uh, play here try this lick Mm -hmm. you know then they just stayed on that they stay on that lick for hours yeah so it's like no that's not what i'm looking for you know i worked with james last night he says no i'm not looking for you to to play chords i'm looking for you to be uh uh, sort of in that key structure Mm -hmm. okay
2: but simplify simplify
1: before you get busy
0: I think i just spend most of my time just watching you just going where are we going where well that's are we going? true yeah <laughs> where we going? well that's that's why i built
1: it into parts <laughs> because it makes it easier to keep track of especially a lot of these songs if you take kalimbo for instance mm-hmm. you know uh, you know it's just a minor f and to, you know mm-hmm. uh, to the d minor uh but originally kalimbo was was just supposed to be um you know, uh, with, the, with the kalimba sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, but it could be any groove. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point was, it was supposed to be kalimba for uh, eight to 16 measures in the A minor. And then you would drop to the F for just, you know, from maybe four, and then build back to the A minor. You sitting on the A minor for a while, mm-hmm. and then eventually, when it breathes and people have a chance to kind of play on the A minor, then you drop it to the F again, and then the, just for just a short while, and then you go back to the A minor, and then once it starts to really build, and you're F, and then people are anticipating you go back to the A minor, D minor, yeah, and that's kind of how it was supposed to happen, and then you stay on the D minor, stay on the D minor, let it kind of almost go quiet. A
0: minor.
1: Joe? So, we never really got that far. If we were to actually go to a studio and record, mm-hmm. you know, then everybody would sort of see. Okay, here's here's exactly. I could script it completely out. This is really the way I wanted it to, wanted it to happen. But it works fine. You know, when we move around at whatever fashion, however speed we move it around doesn't really matter. It works. It works fine. You know, for me to sit there and try to control it, you know, completely is pointless. You know, the, the organic of what we're doing, of uh, uh, you playing, uh, James playing, Ca2 playing, Antron playing, you know, and then the percussion section,
2: you know, mm-hmm.
1: uh, and then me noodling on top of all of that. It's enough already. You know, so just to keep all of those parts. In sync, it's cool. So well, that's another reason that I try to make it as simple as possible, mm-hmm. you know, simplistically as possible, and break it down as much as possible. Um, you know, like when we're doing uh, 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 for Dad, yeah, you know, which is in the B major, mm-hmm. okay. But it's using that uh, uh, the F tonic. You know, F F F F F sharp E flat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the tonic, um, which is sort of a sus. Um, you know, on on the B major, uh, and and when we go around, you know, on the circle of fourths, you know, and and you're coming back and you finally end up at the F at the F sharp. You know, da da it mm
2: <laughs> yep.
1: the whole thing is really uh, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek you know that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be sort of really light you know and airy you know I like those light and airy pieces because they, they, they create space mm-hmm. and this is the, the struggle I always had with rock bands you know they don't understand the concept of space know people think space they think you know star trek <laughs> space in music is
3: yeah
1: holes 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 there's still it's still got meter mm-hmm and it still has a groove you know, bass groove I was you know mm-hmm. and it still has room for uh, melodic and harmony and, and overtones and so forth but if you stretch it And you, and then it it creates space for other things to happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not looking to be the solo artist, right? I'm looking to create space. I'm looking to create um, a live energy that's organic enough that doesn't seem scripted. And then then it falls to me kind of in the category of jazz or free music. Yeah. real free jazz, you, you start getting into the realm of the McCoy Tyners. Uh, you have to listen to a lot of McCoy Tyner to kind of feel uh, where... Because he cause he, drew, he was a, a very powerful uh, piano player. And a lot of the stuff he did was, um, you know, just driven by... Uh, so you have to listen to a lot of McCoy and you sort of see... Uh, like walk spirit talk spirit, we tried it once or twice. You try, we tried listening to it. Mm. It's it's not an easy tune to play. You know, it takes some more skill set than I have to be able to, to uh, teach it to that mm-hmm. band. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a lot of off rhythms. You know, um, complex stuff is beyond my skill set, and trying to get Antron. Uh, he listened to it quite a bit and he actually had was nailing the sax part but we, uh, it's just one of these things McCoy's power mm-hmm. is really hard to duplicate you know people have been for years trying to duplicate Miles Davis's power
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know um, and the beauty of Miles was literally uh, in, in the simplicity of it all you know all blues mm-hmm. you know very very simplistic, you know, in how it was originally driven, where the 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 G stays on the G when they're playing the uh, uh, the A, you know, the A minor chord, mm-hmm. and then they f- uh, uh, move it up to uh, uh, B flat major, but holding the G. So he's got mm-hmm. da 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 da. da, da. And then, then, you're still holding the G. It Doesn't go to the four, even though it sounds like it's going to the four. It's not. See, the the, the keyboard player is actually playing that fourth. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so anyway, so then, I'm I'm digressing or jumping. No, this here. is. I'm just oh. jumping around here as to how it actually how it actually occurs. So to me, a guy like uh, uh, Pharaoh you know, is sort of in my background, Carlos Santana is in my background. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fundamentals of uh, McCoy Tyner and his bass roots are in my background. And then the percussion mix is just sort of, you know, um, I just think it's it, it, it's sort of what, how Jazz Dog began, you know, going back to listening to the percussion and saying, okay, I, I need bass. And that's sort of where all that began. But anyway.
2: No, it's
0: like a nice history lesson and music lesson for me. Well, that's
1: kind of where it is. Uh, there was another point I was trying to make, and I forgot what it was. But um, uh, Jumping around here. Uh, McCoy, where was I headed? Oh, uh, Miles. The song Miles, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to uh, Nefertiti, there's a, a song called Fall. Da-da-da-da,
2: ba da da da-da-da. Ba,
1: ba. you know, very you know a lot of space. So when I was just messing around one day and I was like I, I, I hit the, uh, uh, the the E uh, and then put the uh, D uh, on top of it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just E major with a D major on top of it. and if you, you invert it, then you're really just playing an E9. so that's that's kind of what that was. it was it was E. And then you're playing the G with the F over the G, mm-hmm. and then you then you you step it up uh, 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 two whole steps uh, to the B flat with the A flat over the B flat, and then two whole steps again, and you're playing now the uh, uh, the B over the C sharp, and then it repeats. Then it goes back. So that's sort of how and Miles's groove was originally supposed to be uh, uh, sixteen, not eight. It was it was. 10. Very slow, and it just stayed on the E with the D, and, you know it was grooving really slow. Even though the count was, deep. It, it was really slow. And then when you then you went to the G, and then uh, and then eventually it got to the B flat, and eventually it got to the C sharp, sharp yeah. and then back to the E. So we've been doing it uh, 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 a little faster. Uh, say it works. It's,
0: yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, much faster.
1: Uh, it's much faster. Yeah, and, and but what happens when you play it that fast is that you're tightening the spaces, so yeah. the spaces go away. Um, but because of the instrumentation that we have, mm-hmm. see, so there's really not uh, uh, a trumpet player. You know, if you had mm. somebody like a Mark Rapp uh, doing the Miles muted. Going really Mm -hmm. slow, then it would have space for that. Uh, But because we know we have Antron, um, who's not, who is a good player, Um, uh, but to be able to stop and say, okay, here's what I want here, you know, I want it phrased to be, you know,
2: Mm -hmm. that's
1: not really his style. His style is more of, I read the chart, I see the chart, I can improvise from that chart, Mm -hmm. which is cool, and it works. Um, So you have to, I have to think about that, you know, when we're working. CA2, CA2 is an improv. Mm
3: -hmm. You
1: know, I can give him a a theme, and he can get really close. You know, sometimes he gets, you know, um, uh, uh, a different um, thought process, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I wouldn't say get lost, but he just, you know, tries different things, some things work, some things don't, and he's... He's got a great ear, um, so he hears. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's real sweet, you know about it. James is a um, he's a rock guitar player. Yeah, and you know if I tell him to play uh, um, um, Dwayne Allman, mm-hmm. Dwayne Allman style, right on it. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlos, right on it. You know, we've been playing around with Jeff Beck. We've been playing around with you know i I hadn't really asked him to play Al over but he's got skills and he and he's been having fun doing it for sure so I have to think how am I going to do for James you know what's santona so I'm trying to get that I'm trying to write that for James so he's you know he he's he's playing eighths over it. You know, 16s, you know, so he can, you know, Santana-ish. And I've been working on last night on one-noting it, you know. You know, hold, hit that note, stretch it, hold it. Don't be so quick to to pop into, you know, a lick or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I struggle with the same thing with my own playing
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I, I, play, I play way more than I should be playing I should really try really try to chill it out so,
0: I was talking uh, when I was doing this with James I was just like you know in that band I just get to play a couple of notes and everyone else it's like I get to be good by proxy because everyone else is like doing no, so well no, and all I have to do no. is just groove and that's it's. I like that
1: got a a good ear um, oh thank you and you absolutely know where you are if I tell you to play an A minor or if Mm -hmm. I tell you to play you know whatever you're there you know what it is Um, we were working on what was the piece Uh, Hannah Mm -hmm. and when Hannah goes to the uh, D major okay because it's doing uh, E, E minor G D major E minor G D major and then, mm-hmm. then oh, two, the, and then to the C. Right. Yeah, That's three, correct. That's part three. Yeah. yeah. Then, then it <laughs> part four goes to the C. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's where originally uh, what Hannah was. It was a lot slower, and so when it when it was a lot it was a lot more Grateful Dead ish. Mm-hmm. So when it got from uh, the you know when it went from the E minor, it was like don, dun 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 mm-hmm. bum
2: bum bum bum. <laughs> Stay there mm-hmm. to the T. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what that groove was. Mm-hmm. So I was, because I was trying to create space for the guitar player, mm-hmm. uh, So because that could be a, a huge, you know, uh, uh, you know, 64 measure part for James to, to then stretch out on. Mm-hmm. And then when, when James exhausts it, and then we go back to part two, which is you know, into the f sharp minor and then it's uh it's just tension it could be me it could be anything it's just, mm-hmm. it's, typically it was just tension uh it's probably better off for me to play on that and nobody else and uh done uh, and then what we never do was go a transition a mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. See. Uh, I have to bring a keyboard over to show you because the original the original groove for uh, Hannah was uh, B minor F sharp, B minor, F sharp, B minor, F sharp, G G A A, B minor. Mm-hmm. So 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 the original groove was, and we don't play it like this anymore. But the original groove
2: was uh, uh, and then to the sea. That's
1: how it was originally written. Um, but when we started adding percussion and more moving parts and more people and so forth and so on, I'm like going, "Okay, that's not going to work to take it live uh, unless we rehearse it." So to not have to rehearse it, it's just much easier just to. Do it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's just play on the B minor and call that part one. Yeah. And part two was F sharp two. something. You know, that
0: that's why I'm, like I know all the parts, but I still have to like watch. It's like okay. But that's all right. That's cool. uh, yeah. Because
1: <laughs> what happens when we're playing it playing it live is I'll, I I tend to rush it uh, mainly because I feel like sometimes I feel like getting off uh, uh, like it's going down the track and getting ready to go around a curve and it's mm-hmm. like okay that's too fast we're gonna you know so I'll I'll, I'll pull it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put it on
0: the one. Yeah. Um he uses these signals too, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have a guitar. I can't go like this. It's like
0: a base watching a um, on a coat, you know, baseball coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. <laughs> I could be Nadal doll, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, whatever whatever gets the point across because 'cause right. I'm like, you yeah. know, what's he doing?
1: Well no, I mean it's really it's just you and me. We're, yeah, the, we're, really, the, only, we're the only ones driving the ship. Yeah, um, I would agree. Yeah, so um, you know,
0: but it's great because you just get yeah, the it doesn't
1: always have to be the line either. It could just be the note. Uh, um, what's some of the other ones that we do? Well, um, has changed four, five, six, seven times. Just
0: calm up and
1: yeah, calm um, hold on. No problem. Come on up and calm up. Uh, what's the name of the band? <laughs> Jetstar. Uh, uh, so cool. So so oh. so so cool uh, in D minor. <laughs> Did you
0: just ask what the name of your own band was?
1: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just kidding. Because uh, I... Uh, I had the whole list yeah. of all my uh, clients. Mm-hmm. So I, okay, which which client am I looking for? Um, so so cool was a, was a D minor groove, mm-hmm. and it was really it was just supposed to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: an extended period of time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then we finally got into uh, uh, the groove which I think I wrote a long time ago you know uh, whatever it was mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: and that's where I, I turned to Antron. He was like, "Okay, what do you want me to play on this?" And I, I don't know, try this, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and he's been playing that ever since. And then,
0: Is that the the line where him and James double up? Right, right, yeah.
1: So and then you drop to the G major, which was a whole different groove. So that one kind of works. Kalimu went over Hannah. Seven six five was that was born on playing in F minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you do f minor to your to your c9 uh your c sharp major, c sharp major nine um, and then eventually to your c major so uh it was just a, an exercise uh that this guy michael buys had, had come over and given me one lesson and to you know, and he, he was showing me that you know each each key structure you know has uh, eight chords in it
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, you know, uh, that's kind of what I was doing. I was playing uh, in the F minor, uh, then the the G minor chord, and then up to a a flat major to a uh, B flat major. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the sort of the root chords. And then if you use just the triads, you know, you can take it all the way back up to to the F uh, minor. And then when you went into the C sharp, C sharp nine, you know, you're really just playing a C-sharp major, uh, but you're just uh, uh, playing the ninth, which Mm -hmm. is just the the note C. Mm. So you're picking up uh, C-sharp, F, uh, um, A-flat C, is your C-sharp nine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the tonal there was the uh, C-sharp with the C above. That's the tonal, you know, that's the harmonic that I was trying to create. Mm. So you're going from the F minor to that tonal, F minor to that tonal, and then eventually C major. So we tried starting the whole tune by just playing the C major ones, and it worked. You know, uh, just on the C major. Because it's real light and airy, mm-hmm. and then uh, getting back to the F minor, was, I, I still struggle with, you know, playing uh, uh, from C, B flat, A flat, G.
2: Yeah. C sharp, C sharp, C sharp. Mm-hmm.
1: That everybody plays straight through so there's no pauses see all the pauses and stuff you'd have to learn by touring
0: yeah we're playing a lot
1: a lot yeah every night you know uh, that's the best way to create a band yeah get mom station wagon and head up the East Coast <laughs> I would yeah you know. I
0: agree that's uh, I was talking uh, with some other people whereas the idea of having a band, I like the idea of, of a band versus, like, having a bunch of people come in and out and come in and out. It's, you know, it's like you just play with the same people and you get to learn, like, those people and their band language. and.
1: Well, you do. The, the energy, doesn't really matter what you play if the energy's there. If yeah. If the people are communicating, then the communication, you know, gets shared. Um, you know, the, the problem with Jazz Dog, you know, is that after a while, you know, the music gets kind of repetitive. It sort of, they all start to sound alike. Um, so, so um, They all start to sound alike. Um, so, yeah.
0: And that may be due to the fact that, you know, we should play more.
1: <laughs> well, you can't huh. Yes, sir. So,
0: if you've made it this far to the end of the video... Uh, Joe had to leave after that phone call and so we've uh, decided to go ahead and put it out but
3: we're gonna come back and do another one later Um, so